This is where they strip the ball from us, and then we miss one tackle. There are two tackles, right? Oh, he drops the ball. Whoops, he has time to pick it up and dust it off and run in for a touchdown before our guys even know what's going on. This is the Bridge and Tunnel Crew Sports Show. I'm Alex Mitchell. We are joined by the one and only Willie Colon, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, former New York Jet. He's going to break down everything going on with Gang Green this coming Thursday for the NFL Draft. Now, normally when I do these shows, I'm joined by my co-host, AM New York Metro Sports Editor Joe Pantorno. But tonight, Joe is in the field, literally. But don't worry, he has a special message for all of you. You know, I think it's only fitting that we're doing this segment of the show, at least on my end, from City Field, because that's what this podcast kind of is. We're the all-encompassing New York sports show. So while I am covering, uh, well, I guess while you're listening, I'll say it, it's, it's Tuesday night. Uh, while I'm here at City Field covering uh, David Peterson uh, squaring off against the Boston Red Sox, um, Alex is taking the reins and speaking with Willie Colon, who I am super pumped and excited for. I think it's really awesome that we were able to get somebody uh, with such an esteemed background, both on the football field and in the media world to come in and talk about the NFL draft. So we're super thrilled to have him. Alex is going to take it the rest of the way here and uh, I'll jump in with a question or two. Yeah, guys, really enjoy this. And uh, again, we're super excited to have Willie on and can't thank him enough uh, for taking the time out and speaking with us today. Dynamite drop in, Joey. That broadcast school's really paid off. Now, without further ado, let's go to the pride of Hofstra University, Willie Colon. So before we really get into it, for everybody listening right now, I know the best place to go get some beers this summer is in the Bronx, the South Bronx to be specific. It is called Bricks and Hops. Willie, have you heard of that place at all? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the place. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be there all summer. Um, Willie, it's a pleasure to have you on. You're actually the first guest on the Bridge and Tunnel crew. We've got a lot to talk about. Jets drafting. Looks like they're going with Zach Wilson with the number two pick. As an offensive lineman, what is it that you want to see in a young quarterback being drafted? Oh, you know, I, I don't, I don't really... I don't really pay attention to what I want. Um, I think more, more along with what being a, you know, being a veteran is more of what I can do to make his job better. You know, when we had, you know, Smith for 2013, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really interested. I knew Gino had the skill set to be in the NFL and play quarterback. I think from an offensive line standpoint, me, Nick, and 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 the Michelle Ferguson, I'll go was like, how how fast can we make this kid comfortable in the pocket? How how can we make his job as easy as possible? Whether it whether it was you know more communication, more protection time, um, you know, just just doing little things to make sure you know when he started the game, the game wasn't too big for him that he was he, he can he can adjust and he can do what he needed to do because everybody just needs to do their job. But when it comes to a veteran office alignment, um, we we've we played so much football, we've seen it, done it all. Um, 
we all came together as a unit. It was like, all right, how, what can we do to make this kid, you know, slow the game down for this kid? Because you got to understand, he's, you know, at the time, Gino first game was against Tampa. You know, he's at home. There was so much, uh, you know, Mark Sanchez had just got released and he was sent, sent you know, sent his uh, papers um, to go elsewhere. So there's a lot of pressure on him just to perform. We just wanted him to be comfortable. Just just get the call, get the, get the snap count, and let's roll. We'll take care of everything else. You know, we don't worry about fighting or, or, or you know, getting just just play football. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of everything else. So when it comes to dealing with a young rookie quarterback, I think the veterans, especially a veteran offensive line, um, or a couple guys who have just been in the league, what can you do uh, to make his job easier in any, in any facet? If it's talking to him before the game, after the game, maybe taking him out for a beer and, and, and seeing where his head is at, all that matters um, when dealing with a young quarterback. When it comes to just players' input on draft day, when whether it be just talking to the coach, talking to the general manager, how much input really do players have on decisions that the GM makes when it comes to drafting? None. <laughs> None really? Yeah, that's 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 over our pay grade. Uh, maybe the quarterback, maybe a star guy. Um, but I never had any input. You know, I never sat down, you know, in my time with the Steelers, I never sat down with Kevin Colbert and talked about what I wanted. I've never had that conversation. Most players don't have that conversation. Um, maybe a quarterback, you know, a guy like Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady, they get to knock on the door and have those conversations of, you know, the type of player or what they feel like they need uh, for the team to kind of get over the hump or be successful. But players usually don't have that conversation. Most of the time when it comes to draft time, guys only pay attention to draft. Normally guys on the team only pay attention to the draft. Uh, when you start seeing the team start drafting more in your position, you know, when if, 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 if I'm a, if I'm an eight year guy and all of a sudden we got three, we got three office linemen coming into the room. That means it's not a lot of chairs. Somebody's going to be leaving. <laughs> Maybe two or three guys are going to be leaving. So um, that that's usually how it works. But uh, when it comes to when it, overall for NFL guys who are, you know, been in the league a little bit, draft time is a time for, you know, you to kind of really, re- or, well, you self-evaluate where you're at with the team um, and understand what you need to do going forward. Uh, if they start drafting, like, like I mentioned before, um, young guys in your position or, or you start seeing other position groups you know, start getting some young studs, then, you know, you know, some heads are going to be rolling down all ways. That means things are going to start, you know, things are going to start kind of, there's going to be a trickle down effect. So it's just a matter of you, uh, you paying attention and just being, um, just being headsy, I guess. The big question obviously uh, is going to be answered with number two. Everybody knows that the Jets are going to go with the quarterback. Everybody knows that the Jets are going to go with Zach Wilson. But what are they going to do with 23? I mean, there's a, there's a bevy of options that they can take here. So, uh, Willie, I'd love to hear what you have to think about that. Well, you know, to be honest, I, I hope they fill the holes. I mean, this, the, the Jets roster currently is a C roster. It's not a, it's not a B. It's not an A roster. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an A roster, meaning they can go on the road and, and, and be a big time team on the road. Um, and that's just because they have the talent. And they have uh, enough pieces in place where they can, where they can go. And they can, they can win big, but they can win in a dogfight. Yeah, that's what an A roster is able to do. The Jets don't have that, so they have to figure out with the twenty-one picks they they do acquire. They do have, you know, 
what, 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 what's the need? You know, what, who are they going to be picking up? Where are the holes at? You know, obviously they need talent on the offensive line. They need, they need some, some receivers. They need corners. They need linebackers for sure. So they got a lot of needs. Um, but also on the, on the flip side of that, you know, Damian Woody tweeted today that, you know, it kind of makes sense, you know, out of all those 21 picks for, for this year and next year, not all those guys are going to make, you know, the team. And so do you, you take some of them picks and maybe go up and get a guy you really, really want, uh, trade up and get a guy you really, really want? Or uh, do you kind of make some moves behind the back door and, and maybe pick up a veteran who you think can help you right now? So Joe Douglas has his hands full in that, hands full in that regard, but it's important um, that the team really just gets better from a talent standpoint. Um, they just need younger, stronger, um, faster, and, and, and more talented guys out there that can win the ball games. Um, and especially starting with a new quarterback. We can't expect, you know, if it is Zach Wilson come Thursday, we can't expect this man to come in New York and all of a sudden, you know, the Jets are Super Bowl contenders. That's not going to happen, right? So you got to have to start putting things in, in pieces around him where if he is not, if, he, if he's, you know, if, he, if he's not the guy we expect him to be right out the gate, or maybe in a year or two, maybe the run game speaks speaks for the New York Jets. Maybe the offensive line carries this team. Maybe the, the defensive line is pretty solid right now. But maybe certain position groups is the is the front runner for this team. So it can't all be the Zach Wilson show. You know, even though you want him to be the gunslinger and then uh, he he brings a lot to the table, but they're going to need some pieces around him to kind of help him stay afloat. So this is a question both Joe and I had. Do you think that it was the right time to move on to Sam Darnold? Or do you think that they, or move on from Sam rather, or do you think that he deserved a little bit more of a chance with just a, quite frankly, a better system to operate with? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's tough because I, I believe in Sam Darnold. I still believe him. I think he was tough. I think he was everything you wanted in a quarterback to play in a New York market. He just didn't have the time. They didn't give him the time. Um, they didn't give him the talent uh, to help him kind of to, to get it done out there. Um, the turnover from Bowles to now Adam Gase and who knows, you know, Gase is gone. Now you got, you know, he has a new coach. Well, he would have had a new coach and, and Robert. So it's, um, it's, it's a lot for the kid, man. You know what I mean? Like we, sometimes we don't realize like some of the, the, the greatest quarterbacks who ever played this game didn't come out the gate ripping it up. It took them three or four or five years to kind of really to come into their own. So Sam just never got that time. They didn't really protect him. Um, they didn't really give him the time to develop. They didn't get put pieces around him. So I, I, I always, I think a lot of Jets fans know that Sam, a lot of, a lot of what happened to Sam wasn't his fault. You know, it was just, it was just a system in place. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't there to kind of help him be the best he can be, and getting mono in his second year didn't help either. You know, so and then plus COVID happened. Yeah, uh, then he had a bum shoulder. Then he had, so the, the kid, the deck was so it was so stacked against him. Man, going to Carolina, playing with Robbie Anderson, he's going to have a lot more better weapons. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be warm. Um, hopefully, he doesn't eat too much uh, Carolina barbecue down there. But um, I expect Sam to rip it up in Carolina. But you know, it was it was tough watching him leave because there was times where, especially I think when he did, when he was out and he came back and played, you saw bleeps of how competitive and, and, and the plays he can make. And he was strong. And, 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 you know, I, I know I, I talked to a lot of guys in the locker room. They spoke volumes about him. They loved him. Um, so to see him walk out, it was just like, it's tough. The best way to summarize Sam Darnold's time as a jet, wrong place, wrong time. Sure. 
Sure, hundred percent. I don't. Even, I don't even think you're wrong in saying that. I think it's, but you know, it's tough because you, at some point the Jets got to look at themselves, right? How many? How many times? How many times is that narrative going to come out yeah. for a quarterback they draft? You know, like Geno Smith, wrong place, wrong time. You know, you can't say that about Mark Sanchez because he had he had he had a defense and he had a run game in the offensive line uh, that kind of helped him uh, balance the team out. So, um, yeah, Sam Sam got a raw deal. Again, if they are going to go with Wilson, what do the Jets need to do not to just continue with that cycle of they had another quarterback who could have cut it under better circumstances? Is that there now or is the draft really going to depend on it or is it bigger than that? Well, I think we first have to understand that it's extremely hard to draft a Super Bowl winning quarterback, right? Like it's it's, it's not it's not something that you say, oh, well, this is the year. None of these guys are coming out, you know. None of these guys, none of these quarterbacks coming out may ever sniff a Super Bowl, you know, field, um, a Super Bowl rather. So it's it, we. It takes more than one guy to win a Super Bowl. It takes a lot. And it takes a lot of guys who are selfless, relentless, and in the pursuit of one thing, and that's winning every Sunday. On top of the structure, on top of how the roster is built, on top of the chemistry, on top of the coaching, on top of the management. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. I think sometimes when we talk about teams that win Super Bowls, you know, this, that, 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 that's been building for two or three years prior to them winning. You know, like it's, it's not not one team just gets hot one year and like boom, it happens. You know, there's there's things that kind of lay in place, and then you know certain moves are made where guys can you know for Christ's sakes, the, when when Brady got to the Bucks, everybody was like, oh Super Bowl, yeah, but you forgot you had Mike Evans there. You know, you you forgot you had Levante David, you forgot you had JPP, you forgot you had you know you you, you had uh, I forgot the other guy out there. Um, you have some really, really good pieces out there. It wasn't just Tom Brady coming. Now, obviously, he was the equalizer. Obviously, he was he was the reaper. But um, he still has some really, really good ball players playing for the Bucks. He just happened to be the cherry on top, along with Bruce Evans and a really, really good uh, coaching staff. So how do you think the Jets say that they go through with getting Wilson, maybe use the draft to just upgrade the offensive line or get pieces that they need? How do you think they're going to fare this year as far as a record goes? You know, it's tough. I, I, I think, you know, I think this first you got to understand COVID is is loosening up. Right. So they're probably going to have an, a, a proper a proper training camp. Um, well, hell, OTAs and, and everything else. They're probably going to have a final, a normal, a normal uh, year. And then going into the season, you know, this team is this team is going to find out is going to have to find out who's the leader. You know, you, you value, you got Quentin Williams and you got, you know, Sheldon rank is coming from uh, the Saints who, who I got a lot of respect for. He's a really good ball player. Um, but they, they got to find out who's going to be that guy, you know, Beckton, who I love. I left tackle. Who's a solid, who's a solid piece for that franchise. He has to stay healthy. He has to manage his weight and he has to be able to kind of, he has to play all 17 games. So there's a lot that goes into that. Um, Who's going to be their running back? You know, Frank Gore. You know, I love Frank Gore, but he he was, he's an old dog that just he he's still barking, but he's not. He, you know, he he's not Dalvin Cook. So it's uh the team. I think I think the team right now. If I had to give him, if I ever give a number, I think seven and nine is is a fair number for them. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're pretty on the money with that, to be perfectly honest. You know, Willie, something else that definitely needs to be mentioned on this show. So 
I went to Hofstra. I was uh, I started in 2013. My co-host Joe went to Hofstra. He was there for the last season of Hofstra football. Okay. And I wrote this down. Not only he covered games with the Hofstra Chronicle, he was in the pep band playing bass clarinet, and he was the mascot for away games. Oh, wow. Like Rhode Island, Delaware, he traveled with the team as Willie. (laughs) Obviously, what I'm going for here is what's one of your favorite memories playing Hofstra football? Oh, that's awesome. Um, One of my, you know, for me... Uh, one of my uh, having ability. So we beat Delaware in Delaware um, when Katrina hit and it had wow. the storm had kind of made up the East coast and um, well, the residents of the storm, not the actual storm, but the kind of the aftermath of it. Uh, and the Del- Delaware had just, they had just redone their field and, and when the, the rain and, and the winds were so bad, when it got up to Delaware, man, it, it muddied their field so bad. It was, it, it was like a, it was a mud bowl. Um, and I was going against a guy by the name of Sean Johnson. I think that was his name. He was a really good defensive end for Delaware. Um, he had all type of honors. And for me, I really wanted to kick his ass. Uh, <laughs> that was like, that was, in, that was kind of like on my, in my must-do list that season. And uh, I was able to kind of take it to him and have a really good game. Um, and we was able to beat Delaware, and I had never beat Delaware during my time at Hofstra. So to get that win in the Mud Bowl, uh, to kick Sean Johnson's ass, um, and then and, and we won with our backup quarterback, Dennis Davis. Uh, and he had a pretty solid game. So it was a really good win for us, man. And um, it was a feel-good win. Uh, but I never beat James Madison. Um, and then, you know, we, we, I've had a lot of solid games and a lot of good games, a lot of fun games. So, um, and believe it or not, some of my closest friends are guys I played with at Hofstra. Uh, we still hang out and talk and, and kick it to this day. So, um, Hofstra is, it will always be near and dear to my heart. I can't wait to one day, hopefully one day, uh, before I leave this planet, uh, Hofstra football's back. I'm praying for that too. And speaking on behalf of Joe, you know, we all want it. It drove me crazy because I grew up on Long Island. So I would go to games as a kid, Um, probably when you were playing, honestly, by the time I got there, the program was gone. I mean, a devout Hofstra basketball fan, shout out to Speedy Claxton coming in as um, congratulations to Speedy, man. Speedy Claxton got the nod. I'm happy for him. But yeah, if there's one thing that I want to see on planet earth, it is a Hofstra football game. Yeah, I, I think it'll happen one day. You know, and I, I think it's just a matter of the powers to be kind of, you know, realizing that it's a need on the island. At one point, it was it was great football tradition. Um, and then, like you know, we, we have guys in the league that, you know, that have Super Bowl rings and playoff and AFC Championship and NFC Championship rings. And we have a lot of success. So uh, hopefully one day, man. But uh, I had I had I had an amazing time, you know, and um, yeah, it's tough. Now that I have kids, you know, I think every player wants to be able to go back to their alma mater and on you know, homecoming and be like, yo, there goes dad. You know, he did something. He wasn't an honor, you know? So um, every, every, every ball player wants that. So to not have that is, it sucks. Yeah. But you know, Hey, at least they made the NCAA tournament when the tournament was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 That right. was so there's this running joke between me and Joe that we have this thing called, or I have this thing called the Mitchell curse, which is okay. whenever, yeah, it's not good. Um, <laughs> whenever I, I write about a team or, or talk about a team 
just impending doom somehow happens. Oh, wow. And at first it, it just seemed coincidental happened to cover the Islanders uh, second round of playoffs in 2019. After they swept the penguins, I get credential, go to the games. I get swept by the hurricanes. Anyway, this has gone on for years. And uh, I realized that I spoke to Joe Mahalik getting off the bus after they won the CAA in 2020. So okay. I, I take accountability for that one. We're losing. Oh man. So that was, it's like, you know, they, they literally, they make the tournament. He speaks to me and the tournament gets canceled. Oh man. I think you're too hard on yourself. I I have the list written down. I'll send it to you. I thought I was too, but um, at this point, fate don't lie. Okay. Well, well, the Knicks are going to make the playoffs this year. So whoever they play, make sure you talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a list, you know, uh, Red Sox, Astros, I guess it worked on the Patriots since Brady left, but there you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. But Mitchell curse. It's real. It's, it's a real <laughs> thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. Willie, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the jets, with their drafting or just anything going on with you? No, thank you. I appreciate it. Once again, uh, thank you for uh, plugging my bar. Uh, 65 Brooklyn Boulevard in the South Bronx. It's called Bricks and Hops. I'll be there. Uh, our whole theme is keeping it local. We we employ and uh, serve the neighborhood. Uh, and everybody that works at the bars from the Bronx so they can talk to you about the Bronx. And um, we're all about good food, cold beer, and a good time. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be on and talking with you, brother. BX all day. I mean, that's where my career got started. So Yes, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, man. Many blessings, man. Keep kicking butt. You too. All right, brother. Be good.